Hi, this is Elliot Fishman, and welcome to the March 2012 uh, CTSS quiz. We have 10 terrific cases for you, so let's get started. This is an interesting case. It's a very classic case. A uh, patient has hepatitis C, and so I'm asking you, what is this mass? Well, at the end of the day, you look very carefully. You see on the arterial and venous phase imaging with volume rendering a MIP, a hypervascular lesion in the liver. At the end of the day, a hypervascular lesion is hepatomatal proven otherwise. You know, you can get F and H in a uh, hepatitis C patient, I guess, theoretically, but it doesn't have this appearance. And regenerating nodules are something you consider, but they're not this bright, typically. Hepatic adenomas, again, are one of the differentials for vascular lesions, but also this is very bright. And as far as I'm concerned, in a hepatitis C patient, you're looking for hepatoma, you see a vascular lesion, it's hepatomatal proven otherwise. This case is the best example I've seen of this entity. If you look very carefully, what do you see? You see a distended left renal vein, and the renal vein has thrombus within it. This is a classic example of renal vein thrombosis. Now, could this be chronic renal vein thrombosis? Well, one thing against it is you see enhancement along the rim of the vessel, the vasovasorum, but also when you see uh, a chronic renal vein thrombosis, you also see perirenal cobwebs, collaterals around the kidney and collaterals around the ureter. We don't see that here. This is a wonderful example of acute renal vein thrombosis, and that's probably the best example I've seen. It's obviously not a transitional cell carcinoma, and it's not simply flow-related changes. So just a very, very nice case. This is a case, uh, a key thing is what's not in the image. And what's not in the image is the left kidney. And you can see surgical clips that this patient's had a nephrectomy. The question here is, is this a mass coming from the kidney or coming from the adrenal or be it a large node? So I think when you look at carefully, it's not coming off the kidney. So it's not a renal cell from the right kidney, not a second tumor. It could be an adrenal primary, theoretically. It's not vascular enough for FEO. But I think at the end of the day, the best diagnosis is metastasis to the contralateral adrenal gland from a patient with renal cell carcinoma. Again, if you argue a primary adrenal carcinoma, I couldn't argue against you, except they make up 0.02% of primary tumors. They're very rare. And what's the chance of a patient having both a renal cell and an adrenal cell carcinoma? So best answer will indeed be D. This is a nice case. Uh, this patient had hypoglycemia, just a very classic case. You see a vascular lesion, mid-body of the pancreas, beautiful example of an insulinoma. Now, what I could step backwards and say it's a good example or a great example of a vascular pancreatic lesion, which means neuroendocrine tumor. Now, you can have other tumors metastasizing, such as renal cell, which can be vascular to the pancreas, but that's not one of the choices. So really, I gave you four hyperfunctioning pancreatic neuroendocrine tumors. Now, somatostatin omas tend to be larger. They tend to be uh, more in the tail of the pancreas, five to six centimeters. Gastronomas, gastron triangle around the head of the pancreas, three to four centimeters. VIP omas, tail of pancreas, five to six centimeters. So here, a little over a centimeter, classic for insulinoma. Insulinoma is obviously hypoglycemia does help. I didn't put that down because I didn't want to you know, uh, help you out too much, but that was the history, so it was a little bit easier. But also, there 90% of them are under two centimeters in size. But a very, very nice example. 
This is a simple case, but I thought it was a very nice example. Uh, what are bilateral renal masses? So I've been writing a paper, we've been putting together with one of the fellows, a paper on bilateral renal masses. You think about bilateral renal cell carcinomas, you think about bilateral metastasis, you think about lymphoma, you think about acute polynephritis. And one of the other things that you can think about is polycystic kidney disease. Beautiful example of polycystic kidneys, very large kidneys, calcifications, high-density cysts, classic polycystic kidney disease. I usually don't show outside cases. The quality of this case is not that great, but I think it's good enough to make the point I wanted to make. This was sent to us for a Whipple's procedure for a neuroendocrine tumor. But what do you see here? You do see a vascular lesion, and you can see it's vascular by the head of the pancreas. Uh, and this is also on venous face, so it was fairly vascular. I bet you 30 seconds earlier, it was really super vascular. But then you notice, where's the epicenter? The epicenter really is more to do with denum. There's no dilated pancreatic duct, and there's no common duct. So what could it be? Well, it could be a neuroendocrine tumor of the pancreas, but the epicenter is bad, so let's skip that one. Duodenal lymphoma are not hypervascular. So now we're talking between a carcinoid tumor and a gist tumor. And we've seen a number of gist tumors of the duodenum, large, uh, simulating pancreatic tumors. We've seen carcinoid tumors of the duodenum simulating them as well, but the carcinoids typically were not as large. This was a gist tumor of the duodenum, and we've seen a number of them, and as I've commented in some of our lectures, it can be difficult to distinguish primary pancreatic masses from primary duodenal masses, both neuroendocrine as well as just adenocarcinoma. So just a very nice case and something to give you some thought. This next patient has a history of cirrhosis and abdominal pain. What's the best diagnosis? Again, uh, um, you know, this was actually a patient had endoscopy. They were worried about a pancreatic lesion. They had not scanned the patient first. If they would have, it would have been quite a different story. You can see here the patient has a small liver. It's nodular. It's cirrhotic. But look at the antrum of the stomach. That's not varices, and that's not gastritis simply due to cirrhosis and portal hypertension. That's enhancing. You see the mucosa. It's infiltrating. This is a classic example of adenocarcinoma. It's not under distension, and it's not varices. Could it be lymphoma? I guess so. We are seeing more commonly B-cell lymphoma now uh, with patients with gastric involvement and not so bulky, but at the end of the day, this most likely is going to be adenocarcinoma, and indeed, that's what it was on biopsy. I show you this case, a great example. I mentioned a carotid artery aneurysm has increased in size. In fact, it went from three to five centimeters in over a month or so. She also had a hepatic artery aneurysm, which I didn't show you, and what's the best diagnosis? So what I'm telling you is this patient has multiple aneurysms. Well, what could it be? Well, Lois Dietz gets aneurysms, but it's typically of the ascending aorta, and they also get very ectatic vessels. Marfans can get aneurysms through most of the aorta, but again, sinus of Valsalva, aortic root, nothing special for Marfans or Lois Dietz in terms of carotid artery aneurysms, but Fucci's is a soft tissue process, so I just threw that in there just to try to trick you. Vascular elos danlos is the, is the correct answer. Vascular elos danlos very commonly gives us uh, uh, all sorts of aneurysms, and hepatic artery is very common, or relatively speaking. We've seen a number of hepatic artery strictures, and, as well as dilatation. We've also seen very nicely aneurysms of multiple vessels, including uh, uh, in the, the brain, 
in the carotid, great vessels in the aorta, hepatic artery, splenic artery, SMA, IMA, you name it. And this is a great example of vascular Ehlers-Danlos syndrome. This patient, very difficult, because what can you do for this patient? If you try to put a coil in or a stent in, that has a 70% mortality or greater. So it's not exactly clear what you can really do for this patient. I show this next case. It's a coronary CTA and ask you what's the degree of stenosis in the LAD. This is a patient with chest pain, beautiful cardiac CTA, dual source, and look at the LAD. Basically, the vessel is occluded. This patient has an occlusion of the LAD. This patient has stent placed. The patient did well. Very nice on the axial or off-axial image, and then cross-sectional. Very nice example of LAD stenosis and essentially occlusion. Next case, this is a simple case. I just wanted to show you this and make a couple points. I asked for the best diagnosis. It's not vasculitis, it's not a pseudoaneurysm, it's not Takayashu's, it's simply a splenic artery aneurysm. And I did want to make the point that uh, we've seen a lot of splenic artery aneurysms. Most are incidental, many are thrombosed, many times they're multiple. Two centimeters or greater, the patient is going to get typically this emboli. So we're seeing more embolization uh, than ever. But again, something to think about. Anyway, those were 10 terrific cases. I hope you enjoyed them. I hope you got them right. And if you didn't get them right, I hope you learned something. And with that, see you next month.